You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Making of a Marketer, the podcast that takes you around the world of marketing one topic at a time. Hosted by digital marketing consultants Jess Nickerson and Andy Pondillo. We welcome you to join the conversation. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Now, here are your hosts, Jess and Andy. It is a Friday afternoon, the making of a marketer. We are back, Jess and Andy here, and happy almost Thanksgiving, Jess. Are are you like in full mode right now, full vacation swing? Are you working next week? Like what's what's happening in your world? Well, I'm I'm definitely getting very excited. I I would not say that I'm in full vacation mode. I'm I will be working through next week uh, since. You know, I just came back from maternity leave. I'm not gonna jump into any vacations anytime soon, but I am I am getting very excited and I can't wait for the meal and just like starting to do that planning and and you know, I, we talked about this last time. Christmas movies start the day after Thanksgiving in our household. So I'm I'm getting excited. So I have two things I'm working on during Thanksgiving. So I'm going back to Houston. So I'm going to see my family, have some good eats. We're going to go YOLO on Tex-Mex while we're there. So it's going to be great. Um, I've also, when I have this time off, so we're going to have a week off, uh, just when we come back on the episode after Thanksgiving, I've been working on a marketing reality TV show concept. So you know me, I've called it Marketing Island, and I've got something big here, but I can't spoil exactly what this is going to be until I have the full concept down. Uh, not when <laughs> this is this is not a surprise to to me, maybe to some of our viewers, but. You will learn that Andy is a massive reality TV fan. So yes. this is going to be good. So that that's where my brain's at. So we're almost there. It's exciting, but we got work to do today. We got another excellent episode of the podcast. And our theme is we're doing some giving thanks right now for Thanksgiving. So I have brought my former co-worker Val Evans onto the program and we have some interesting experiences together, but what I'd like to say are some of the most rewarding experiences together um, in our previous life. So she's currently a brand manager at Boncom, and she's done a little bit of everything from, you know, the digital paid side of social media to doing some brand management. And then, you know, I'm curious to what you're doing now and how you've grown in your career, but Val, just super excited to have you today. 
2020, 2021, we did a lot of things together in the digital space. So we're going to have some kind of rehashing and, you know, catching up to do today on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andy, for that introduction. I'm very excited to be here and it's going to be fun to relive everything with you. Most definitely. <laughs> Looking back on those experiences and how it's, you know, helped us evolve in our careers into where we are now. It's great. So Jess, I've briefed you on the story, but, you know, let's just tell it for all of the viewers, the way that Val and I met. So we started at Barclay. It was an agency in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a division of their headquarters in Kansas City. Handle a lot of big clients, uh, Dairy Queen, Planet Fitness, some of the bigger ones, um, Motel 6, I believe that they were handling as well. Um, our division was more specific to higher education. So we both uh, moved to Pittsburgh. And as soon as my our start date hit was on Friday the 13th, um, March 2020. I remember it really well because we got a phone call and I know you probably got the same call, Val. Yes. I everything was going remote as soon as we moved there. So, you know, we got leases on apartments, like we're there. <laughs> so like, there's no reverse engineering this at this point. So we go in there, we start our jobs and there's a lot that comes out of that. You know, we're learning new roles, new cities, new responsibilities, new platforms. So do you, Val, when you look back on that now, so in 2023, like <laughs> what's like your first thought when you just revisit all the newness that we had during those few months? Oh, well, my first thought just goes back to being in a new city, having a new position, a new team, and then being thrown into this new vertical. <laughs> so it was like everything you think of was just new. Uh, so it was very unique in that way uh, because there was so much to learn just about how to adapt to what was happening in the world at that time, how to adapt to new city, and also just being thrown into learning a whole new vertical and a new advertising platform, all doing it remotely as well. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was just uh, so much at once, but it was good at the same time, you know. Andy, this is sounding like Marketing Island. Yes. <laughs> so exactly, so you see where the idea is coming from right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like here, I'll give you a quick snippet, 30 seconds, not just completely derail this interview. So like the quick <laughs> snippet of Marketing Island are there is a marketing team that's already on the island, but every so many days, a new bombshell is what they call it on Love Island. We'll call it something else on Marketing <laughs> Island. They come in and they might be like a 15 year marketer, but they come into the marketing room and they try to reverse engineer things that are already being done. And then the marketing team has to decide if their idea is correct and they want to continue going with it or if they want to stick to the plan. And at the same time, they have KPIs where they have to turn results in less than seven days. So these new people keep coming into the marketing room and changing what they're trying to do. And then the audience at home has to decide which direction they like the best. So it takes the decision making out of the marketer's hands and they have to adapt each time to what the audience wants. I love it. And Val, to that point, I'm really yes. curious, after like going through all of that change, all of that newness, all at once, did you ever have that marketing island moment where you were like, am I going to stick with this? Or like, are we going to just continue on with the plan? Or I need to, I need to pull the eject button right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I would say, yeah, kind of a mix of everything. I mean, just because there was so much going on and there were, again, you were saying, you know, certain KPIs we had to hit within this new vertical. I would say for me, it was almost kind of like fueled, fueled this desire to really perform and be like, Hey, this is a unique experience we're thrown into. Like I want to do so good and like make the best, make the most of it. And so I feel like kind of seeing it as a big challenge really helped me to kind of just put the distractions aside and all the change and just say, Hey, like, let's just make this awesome. And this will help me evolve as a marketer as well. So I think that's what was going through my head and like, Hey, if they're putting the pressure on us, like good, like this is going to help fuel <laughs> my energy and like my drive to do this. And it was awesome. And having great coworkers like Andy and others at the agency just made it really work, you know? And I feel like everyone kind of had that mindset. And so we were just like, let's go. We're so hungry to learn this and let's do it. <laughs> so let's talk about that creative mindset, Val. So this is like yeah. the ultimate like roadblock right here. But nonetheless, like marketing offers a lot of roadblocks along the way. There's times where, you know, I walk in the door and I'm ready to do marketing island. There's other times uh -huh. where I could sit and look at a screen for four hours and I just can't get over a creative hump. So right. when you get stuck creatively, what is your method to get unstuck? Yeah. So for me, I always try to just seek outside opinions and get different perspectives. So whether that be through, you know, sometimes even my family and friends, just showing them what I'm working on, like, Hey, if you were scrolling through social media, you know, what would you think about this? Or, uh, you know, trying to get a wide range of responses from people that I know, but also I feel like within, you know, the agency and with coworkers, you know, trying to talk with them about, Hey, you know, what kind of projects have you done that are similar to this? What was your experience? And, you know, specifically working with you, Andy, it was great because, you know, like you say that old school social media that you had been involved in, I hadn't really done that before. So being able to seek out your perspective on that and kind of put our skills together really helped. And that's something that I still do today is try to seek opinions from other people who have skills outside of what I'm doing and putting those together with what I know how to do and making something work. So that's a big, just reaching outside of myself instead of just saying, Hey, I have to do this on my own. There are so many, you know, resources and people with different perspectives and views that can help really open my mind to things. And Jess, Val is speaking your language right now, because this is what Jess is a master at. So oh, yeah. I've learned so much from Jess in this last year, how she's able to bring teams together, you know, figuring out their strengths, weaknesses, getting in, in a room and yeah. proactively thinking about what brings the best out of people when they're working yes. together. And I feel like Val, you and I did that at a great level, but we were also kind of learning it on the fly too. I yes. guess you're doing it. So, you know, I think just, this is just another example of, you know, why that's so important, why your teachings at what you do both at LinkedIn and at the D school have been so impactful for your peers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Val, you're really, you're really teeing up the conversation for today because <laughs> awesome. really the conversation <laughs> is all about having that curiosity and seeking those different perspectives because that mm -hmm. is the the best way for us to learn and to innovate. Yeah, I love that. That's, it's so exciting. I feel like I've learned so much too, just through trying to do that. And there's still so much to learn and, you know, meeting you for the first time as well. It's like already hearing your perspective and working with Andy. It's just awesome. I love it. So Val, let's get to these meat and potatoes here. So we walk okay. in the door. It's like week three, you know, we're starting to get, you know, going on accounts right now. 
-hmm. We are in a position where we both have to learn higher education and that's a little different, you know, like there's a different language. We're not talking B2B, um, SQLs, opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not talking B2C, conversions, ROAS. Like we're talking about leads. We're talking about enrollments and everybody has a different viewpoint on what's the proper KPI. So yeah. we come in, we have to learn this. We got to kind of like learn the language a little bit because I don't know about you, but when I first came in, you know, I'm thinking like undergrads. So I'm thinking, right. you know, brand mm -hmm. awareness, um, funneling, building up a, a brand experience with universities. <laughs> I'm not as much thinking about online MBAs and like online certificate programs, which at that point, everything's online because of COVID. So all mm -hmm. of our language has to shift on the ads right away. And we have to learn the vertical. We have to learn the sub-verticals of it. And we're also tasked with, I had done a little bit of paid LinkedIn, but just enough to dabble and say I knew how to do it. But we right. were tasked with coming in and learning all this and running LinkedIn and basically not showing any type of like jump in lead costs, like inheriting what was running already. And you remember mm -hmm. this probably very well, Val, because I came in, there were certain things I was like, we have to undo this because we're never going to get the lead cost where we want it unless <laughs> yeah. we undo it. But by doing so, we were going to jump the cost immediately until right. it like levels off. So mm -hmm. talk about, just talk about that. Like, what that was like like is there something you take away from it is it like keep you up at night like revisiting it like I'm just kind of <laughs> curious as we kind of look back a couple years later yeah no it was and everything you said Andy it gets it's really bringing it all back for me and like you were saying you know there's a lot of pressure to you know decrease the cost per leads and improve on the KPIs but you know to your point we were kind of inheriting a lot that was already running and so and coming into it new as well into this vertical. So it was very uh, eye-opening to, you know, be in that experience to say, okay, we have to now <laughs> figure out how to shift and, uh, you know, talk with the client through, you know, the why behind what we're doing and how, you know, hey, at the beginning, we're probably going to see our cost spike uh, and helping them build confidence that, hey, this we're playing the long-term game here, right? We're making these changes in order to see benefits, you know, even if it's like months down the road, right? Uh, so kind of the growing pains, if you will. And that was something that was very new because not only was I trying to figure out how to reach new audiences, a new platform, kind of new types of creative, but it was, you know, a whole new uh, set of KPIs <laughs> that I hadn't worked with before, you know, focusing on leads, uh, and trying to, you know, get people to enroll, right? It, it takes a while too, to see the results of that, mm -hmm. you know, compared to just e-commerce where you can see the ROAS, uh, you know, the CPA right away, and you can immediately, you know, set your ROI, right? And the client can see that. So it's very unique. <laughs> and, and, let's, and let's talk about that because, you know, what we'll get asked at times is like, hey, we get a lead, like how much time do we expect it to go from this point to this point? You know, very similar to B2B. Like if you get like a lead, like when should it be an opportunity or a potential customer? During COVID, I had to have conversations where I just said, I don't know. Like I just yeah. told clients, like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you a number because I don't have one. Mm -hmm. Is that something that, how, how like scary is that? Because, you know, there, there are conversations that we have 
whether you're agency side or client side, which can be uncomfortable, but I think that honest nature you're talking about, I'm playing the long game. Mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said about trust that that builds when you're able to deliver it. Yeah, for sure. And that was something that I learned a lot through kind of being thrown into the fire, if you will, with this new vertical, all these KPIs, the changing landscape, everything shifting to remote. Uh, and I think the most important thing was really just having confidence like in myself, my team members, like working with you, we were learning a lot of things together, researching, trying to figure it out. And, you know, just being open with the clients about, you know, Hey, like it is unknown, right? <laughs> like not we're promising, helping them understand like your strategy behind everything. Uh, and that, you know, you have their best interest too, you know, like understanding their goals, speaking to their goals, uh, and trying to be more empathetic and understanding where they're coming from of how the unknown could be really scary for them too, because they had KPIs that they're trying to hit on their end, right. And people, they have to answer to just like we do. Um, but I think just communicating with them so much about, you know, the why of what you're doing, the taxes you put into place and just closely monitoring it and keeping them informed at every point. I think just being so, so open and honest with them helped the most, at least for with the the clients that I was tasked with. So let's talk about LinkedIn in general. What was the hardest part for you as someone who, like all of us, like anyone in paid media, you generally handle Facebook or X, formerly known as Twitter, typically the two platforms that from our, you know, years, what you start to get some mastery in. So what was the the hardest part about going from platform to platform and transitioning those skills? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it's, it was very different uh, because I had been focused on e-commerce within, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And so just seeing those instant results, I feel like was really great <laughs> to be able to, you know, see every day, Hey, we made this much money for the clients and the ROAS is looking awesome. So I kind of that really, like, I looked forward to that every day, like going into the accounts and seeing that, but on LinkedIn, it's a little bit different, you know, because you, I mean, it's awesome to see, Hey, like we have a lower cost per lead or, you know, our, what's our conversion rate looking like, and those things are exciting as well. But then ultimately you don't know what's going to happen to that lead afterwards. Right. Uh, like is what's the quality look like, you know, is that going to lead to like someone who's applying and, you know, talking with the client through that. So it was very fascinating <laughs> to try to have to play that longer game, which I wasn't used to. And also I feel like the creative was different because I was so used to just, you know, like, Hey, this product is so cool. Check it out. Trying to stop the scroll. And here you're speaking in kind of a different language because these people are, when they're on LinkedIn, kind of in that work mode, it's very professional. And so you have to be really strategic about how to still stop the scroll, but do it in a, uh, a more an educational, professional way, which I wasn't as used to before. Uh, and, you know, it's not seeing as much engagement, right? Like, uh, and so that was something that I had to learn and be patient with, mm-hmm. right? So just not seeing those immediate results as quickly as I would on Facebook and Instagram. Jess, I think this leads in well to some of the stuff that we do. When we talk about workshopping and, you know, building empathy maps and things like that, because, we get into this conversation and every client that I work with, I hear the same thing. Like, I think they're going through experiences that Val and I went through. There's a new marketing director. There's a new agency. There's a new buying team. You always hear the word new. 
And the reality of new is I would wager to say, Val, maybe, maybe correct, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I would wager to say in the paid media space, 85% of the people that work in it learned in B2C, e-commerce, travel, yeah. something in that realm. So yeah, then they get into this space like EDU or B2B, and there's all these new acronyms, there's all these new goals, there's all these new things being thrown around. And I think sometimes we can come in on workshops and we are like jumping it a little too quick, you know, or like, hey, let's like go for this huge strategy where really we have to figure out what the mechanics are, build off their strengths, relate it back mm -hmm. to what they're good at. And we can't do that if we're not asking questions or not collaborating together. So just, I think that, you know, this instance right here, while it's unique to Val and I, I don't think it's completely different though than what teams are dealing you know dealing with today yes and what i'm noticing from this story and experience and what i'm curious about is how did you two empathize with each other how did you empathize with your customers and then how did you empathize with the end user because i mean you really in this case like you really need to empathize with multiple groups because it's almost like there, there's uncertainty across the board and you are all in it together. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I can, I can take a stab at it. Okay. <laughs> so I think as far as empathizing with Andy, I, it was a really good, just kind of like I've been saying before, just being very open. I feel like vulnerable too, of like, Hey, this is all new, <laughs> you know, kind of what's going on here. Uh, you know, Hey Andy, like, you know, what are you best at? Like, what can I learn from you? Um, how can we take your skills into this? Here's kind of what I've learned from my previous experience. How can we make this work together and just really communicating openly about that. And so that helped me feel, you know, more confident in us, you know, figuring it out together. Right. And then that helped me when I would go talk to customers or the clients as well to know, okay, like we're doing everything we can. Um, we know this is all new and trying to help them understand that, Hey, you know, this really is a long-term everything's changing right now. But the one thing is that steady is that you have your goals. We understand what your goals are. You know, we're working together to make those happen. Right. And it may not be in the time frame that they're hoping or expecting, but building that confidence with them and just being open with it, right? And same thing with, you know, the people that were trying to reach on LinkedIn. <laughs> like they all were going through a lot, right? Just trying to find jobs or figuring out what they wanted to do with school. And we're trying to put something in their feed that's going to capture their attention and help them feel like as the school, like we really do care about them. Uh, and so that was unique too, to try to speak in a way that shows, hey, we understand like that things are hard right now in the world with the circumstances, but you know, you probably, you have your own goals, right? Like this is how we can help you with that. So I think just helping them at recognize at every stage that there's something that they're working towards and we want to help them with that. Right. Because we all were, Andy and I were working towards something. We had a goal to figure it out, to learn this new vertical. The clients had their goals of what they needed to hit for enrollments. And then people have their own individual goals for their lives. And so I think just thinking through all those things really helped me stay focused and push through when it was hard. So I would definitely lean into the communication aspect. So 
we think now like working remote, I feel like a lot of us have figured it out a little bit. I don't know if we've ever, I don't know if anyone's a hundred percent figured out working remote, <laughs> but I feel yeah. like we've figured it out like 80% versus value. And I, we had it figured out like 5% when we first right. started. It was I, so <laughs> unique. Yeah, yeah. I had never done it. Me neither. <laughs> so, so what you take for granted are when you do work in like a marketing room. So like Val and I, if we were in person, we'd probably have a check in every now and then and be like, hey, what are right. you thinking? Let's throw this idea at a wall, hit up a whiteboard, like, you know, kind of just like get like vibe checks. And I felt like Val, you and I were really good at just like checking to make sure we were good <laughs> every so often. Yeah. And you know, what we would do though, is during those times we talk about life, talk about marketing, talk about strategy, but we would remove some of the barriers and you would talk about what you've seen work in yeah. your previous studies, Facebook e-commerce. I'd be like, there could be something we could bring to the table there. Mm -hmm. I would bring up maybe like a content strategy, like something that Everybody that's worked with me hears the same thing over and over again when it comes to social media ads, regardless of platform. What can I get from this in two seconds? Is there a direct mm -hmm. outcome that has not changed since 2012 to 2023? It's like, what is the direct outcome of what we're writing, what we're doing? You know, is there like tons of text? Is the image unclear? So like when we started to like relate this back to the clients, I think that was something that you and I kind of combined our skill sets on a little bit. And we had to fight just hitting the button because at uh -huh. this time, it's really easy just to throw up the stock image and hit the button to like just move it away from you. So you're fighting mm -hmm. those thoughts constantly. And I think those conversations helped thinking about it through our individual experiences and using those to our advantage and, you know, from a creative side, we had to like change things a little bit. So like if you're showing students in a classroom, like I would say they probably should be wearing masks because yeah. at this time people are going to think that you should be doing that. If your program's no longer in the classroom and it's now online, how do we show someone sitting at a computer instead of being in a classroom to signify that it's online? Like we had to think about everything through a two second approach. So I think that helped us when we communicated to clients, because mm -hmm. again, I think everybody was just in such a scramble, even on the clients at that time, like everybody was at a scramble, but you and I Val, we couldn't say that in a client meeting. It's like, Hey, in the back yeah. end, we're scrambling. And then the yeah. other plot twist we didn't mention yet, Jess, is what was it? Three months, four months into this experience, we had a key team member um, transfer to another department. So yeah. our three-person team went down to two. So mm -hmm. we had a, another kind of pivot we had to do there. So we're picking up clients on the fly and we can't show mm -hmm. it. So I think just having those transparent conversations, Val, I think that's the domino where everything starts and being able to have that open forum. I agree. Yeah, the communication was so key. And just knowing, hey, you know, even though it's virtual, like I can't come over to your desk and just talk to you, but you know, I can <laughs> send you a message, hop on a video chat, even just doing like working sessions where we were just online, both of us, but just working. So then as we're working, we can just be like, hey, what do you think about this? And those all those things were super helpful. So let's talk about one campaign in specific. I know we, we're getting a little close on time. So I'm going to ramp through our final questions here on the, the yeah. meat and potatoes portion. You know, Thanksgiving, let's let's get through it. Um, yes. So we did a campaign school. This one was undergrad. 
uh, mm -hmm. for us. You remember it well, because we're on the phone at like seven o'clock at night <laughs> trying to get the posts out the next day. Oh yeah, uh, that was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was um, rage posting at its finest. Actually, today was actually one of our better campaigns because if mm -hmm. you remember the results were so good, we had to answer like three times to say, yes, these results are real. Because yeah, I remember that was well. so fun. <laughs> so we had to like rage kind of decide what our creative direction is, what our message is you know, channels and budget. We have this much budget, we can spend it in this amount of time. Like if you ever had if you ever had to do that again and if in like rage campaigns, as much as we don't want to do them, there is always going to be something that happens where you have to kind of rage through. So doing it remotely, again, learning verticals, like do you ever look back on that one and be like, hey, like that was pretty cool that we actually made that happen. Yeah. No, I I love that because, and just thinking about that campaign and working together on it, it was really exciting because it did work so well. And so, you know, just what we've been talking about how, Hey, we were kind of thrown into this. Everything was so new, but I feel like that was the first moment where I really thought, wow, we did something really awesome here. You know, <laughs> that we saw more of those immediate results and it was just really cool. And I think it was awesome to be able to work with you, Andy. And take our, you know, unique skill sets from like mine on the paid side and yours coming from, you know, more of that organic old school social and putting that together of, okay, we need to get as much engagement as we can reach as many people, get a lot of uh, video views on this. And so, Hey, you know, what are best practices as far as like stopping the scroll? What can we do? Uh, which was kind of unique to just our standard, you know, lead gen campaigns that we've been doing before, right? It was like, hey, we need to get this in front of as many people. Uh, we, you know, have this, we're going to have the video launch on this day. And we just, we want it to go viral, you know? Yep. They use <laughs> the word so viral. Yes. They did, yeah. which I was like, oh my, no pressure, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was just awesome to see. I feel like, you know, a lot of what we did was just, you know, thinking, okay, who do we want to reach, right? Like, um, you know, people who are within that area, um, you know, they're probably looking into going into school, alumni, people that are currently at the school and just focusing on that and trying to get in their mindset of, okay, what would they be thinking? What would make them excited? And then looking at, you know, other schools, like their social media, what they're doing, picking up on industry trends, you know, what's hot on social media at the time, uh, and really just trying to utilize all that and put it together in a way that, you know, would just stand out in the newsfeed, if you will. Uh, so that was just really cool yeah. to be able to do that and put it in just a few days, you know, yes. it's like, Hey, what are the trends? What's hot right now? Uh, who are we trying to target? Let's, and we just want to get as many people to see it as possible. And so that was awesome. That's something too, just from that experience, the learnings you and I had, I would love to bring that up in more collaborative settings that I do because I work with a lot of marketing veterans. And again, we get stuck in this like, hey, leads and, you know, like, let's get the the platform up and running. This is our budget. How do we get from here? But I'd love to ask, what was one time you just made something happen? Because I feel like most marketers have that moment. They have a couple of them. You work for 10 years, you might have three or four moments, but you never forget them. Like that's something when I've done job interviews, I've conducted them. I've asked them, like, I don't want to know like everything you've done, like to get like a $20 lower cost per lead. Like, tell me about this moment. And, you know, I think there's just so many of those. And that's, again, the power of collaboration. 
Uh, but I Val, I want to know too, you know, be remiss we didn't talk about what are you doing now? So you're in a brand manager role, you know, uh-huh. doing some different duties probably than, than what we did back in the day, but kind of curious how things came about, got you into this role. And if, you know, kind of just that, that piecing it all together that we do in our careers. Yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, you know, speaking to your first question about like those moments that we have being in marketing, uh, I feel like that was, you know, one, I'll just speak to it quickly, but one of the moments was uh, with one of the clients, uh, they had a really specific way of, you know, how they spoke to other audiences. uh, And it was really kind of tricky to learn that. Um, But I remember it was very collaborative because I remember uh, working like with you and a couple other people on the team to just workshop through it. Like we had to put together ad copy for this huge group of ads and just coming up with so many different variations for each specific ad. And it was really cool because I was like, wow, this is a moment where it doesn't matter. Like throw anything out there and, you know, just see what sticks. And it was so fun because I was like, Hey, I might not totally get this at the moment, but like, I I'm getting it because I'm able to just say whatever and know that it's an open space and hear what other people are saying. And that moment for me was just really cool when we finally, after, you know, hours of doing that out loud and like a brainstorming session, nailing down something that we all felt confident with. And then the client was super happy with it. Like that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is what's about. This is awesome. And I've taken that energy into, you know, what I'm doing now, which is a little bit different of, you know, as a brand manager, my focus is, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I understand the client's goals, ultimately meeting with them, talking through, you know, their contracts, what they want to accomplish in a given year, and then, you know, disseminating the information to the other departments, right? So I kind of like in the middle between, you know, strategy, analytics, the media team, uh, the creative team, and helping them all understand, hey, this is the brand. This is what we need to stick to in anything that we do. These are their goals. Now, how are we going to do that? Right. And so working with them, like, Hey, this is the strategy you have in place. Let's, you know, walk through this, make sure it's that it's in line with what the client's hoping to achieve. And then I work with them to then go and present that to the clients. So I'm not in the advertising platforms, uh, you know, doing the manual bidding and putting together audiences and all those things, but it's more, uh, kind of having that broad overview of, okay, how does each part of this campaign work together to achieve the client's goal? And I'm just in charge of managing that in those different teams and uh, reporting all that to the client and working closely with them. So it's really fun because I still get to do the client comms, which has always been my favorite part of marketing is when you can present things to them, see how it's done, get them excited. Uh, But then like, and that's my whole focus right now. You know, and so I can take those skills that I've learned from media buying and social media um, to really, you know, understand what's happening in the room when the strategy team is talking, when the media team is speaking to data KPIs, I, I get that, you know, and so I can be a voice uh, and help the client feel more confident because I understand that side. So when I'm working with those teams, I really can, you know, understand why they're implementing specific strategies and really speak to the data, which has been awesome. I love it, Jess. You see right now why Val and I vibe so well. Like <laughs> the, the passions of like building great marketing plans, being in mm-hmm. that room and conversing. I just think it's so powerful. It actually, the last question I was going to have was just talking about how we can learn, you know, from all working together. But I think we covered that off throughout <laughs> this entire interview is just that, yeah. you know, I feel like the first step to so many of marketing's 
uh, question marks is just having a conversation, talking, learning from different experiences. And Jess and I, we talk about removing titles is so important when we do workshopping, just talking marketing. Like if we can get to that point, it mm -hmm. just gives you those dominoes to start to move forward. And it, it sounds like you actually used this, this marketing moment, your, your, your marketing island moment where you were thrown in to a very uncertain place and everything around you was changing and you've, you've evolved and taken the things that you excelled in during that period and now have moved into this new opportunity where you're focusing on really empathizing with your customer and on and making sure that their voice is uh, being heard and understood. Yes, and I, I love it. Like it, it makes me so happy. And uh, you know, just thinking back on all these times that we had, you know, with Andy and just being thrown into the marketing and how it was all changing. It's, it's been great. And I still think back to that this day and it helps, you know, just being able to adjust on the fly <laughs> and have confidence, you know, in yourself and what you're doing and the goals and believing in, you know, whatever brand that you're focused on, you know, and your clients, it's just, it's awesome. We got to believe in the people that are seeing the content too, right? Yeah. Like the world is so diverse. There's so many perspectives. And so, you know, as we work together to, you know, within our teams, be uh, open to different ideas, like that's going to help us be more effective in the advertising space because we're trying to reach people with so many different uh, experiences and viewpoints. And so we have to have that culture as well within our, our teams and organizations. Definitely. You couldn't have said it better, Val. And I didn't put this in the meeting notes, but what I want to say is it's been so important to have worked with you in the past. And I think we could talk like hours about some of yeah. our experiences, <laughs> <So fun. laughs> but just from my personal side. So, you know, when I moved on to my next role after the one we worked in together, um, mm -hmm. very successful. We did some e extensively great work around, I did a lot of ed tech over there. So it still was an EDU space, but it was a bit, you know, techie instead um, we had some, you know, challenges there towards the end. We went through a company merger. Um, we had some challenging clients at times that were still dealing with the outcomes of COVID. Um, we had changes within staffing, different things that came up. But I always went back to while I was there that I was like, if we could do what we did in 2020, we got this. And it was just like so much okay. confidence in like our communication style. You know, I worked with, um, she was one of our fill-in hosts, Danny. Um, I like to just think about all my counterparts that I had like at different roles, like who my buddies were. So like, you know, we were in some tough situations too. And I thought about how we communicated, how we got through it. It was just like such a great building block also learning edu together like i think about us like in the linkedin brainstorm room you know if i don't have this experience in 2020 2021 i'm not working at linkedin in 2023 a lot yeah. of my experience in edu and how we ran those campaigns successfully the relationships we made shout out to to our guy dylan that we work with together i work with dylan at Barkley, I worked with him at my next job at five mil and I worked with him at LinkedIn. So we just captivated strategy, you know, collaboration, dealing with challenges, all of that helped. But I think at the end of the day, it was the ability 
that we both knew that we could overcome any marketing task and still be positive, have a smile on our face. You know, even though there was times where I'm ready to like rip my hair out, we still figure <laughs> yeah. out a way to do it. So I, for like our thankful season, are very, very thankful for the collaboration we had. And I truly believe I wouldn't be in the role I am now had we not paired together for that year plus time together. So thank you so much, Val. And mm-hmm. like I said, we could go on forever <laughs> on this, but I just want to say how thankful I am for you in my career. Oh, well, thank you so much, Andy. And I, it just being here and just talking with you, it just, it makes me so happy because that was such a big part of my career as well, my experience. And I learned so much from you and uh, your energy and you always were just like fired up and like, let's go. And you just never gave up. And that really helped me a lot. And I still think back to that. And I am just so excited to see what you continue to do with your marketing magic. And I feel like you're always saying, let's make magic, you know, let's, let's go for it. And I still always remember that to this day about you. And I really appreciate all you've done and your constant support too. It's been the best. <laughs> Thank you so much, Val. It's been wonderful having you, wonderful work with you. And we're excited to see you know, what you do with your marketing magic the, the rest of the way. But that's all the time we have for today. So thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess and Andy. It was such a pleasure being here with you today. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Val. you. Hey. Bye. Bye. So Jess, this is just a fantastic story of collaboration. You know, I feel like to like even like begin to like hit the the kind of tip of the iceberg on all the details here. There's not enough time to like hit on all of it. But, you know, I just think that through tough experiences and marketing, we sometimes in this world, like, so I look at marketing, like you hear the word upskilling all the time, or you do these classes or certificates you learn. I think they're great. You should do them. But I feel like the best resource today still to learn, and you're an expert again of bringing this out of people, is to learn from the people you work with, director, associate, intern, supervisor, just eliminate all of it because everyone has different marketing perspectives. And we have to normalize this a lot more in marketing rooms because I don't think it's a common place today. We're looking for some external thing all the time to like help us where a lot of times it's just internal. It's right there, you know, right in our marketing rooms. We just have to tap into it. Yes. I mean, where do we even start? This is a lot to unpack here for sure. But I think you're really onto something with this marketing island. I keep talking about it, but like literally this story highlights it. And it just seems like everyone within this industry needs their own marketing island moment. And I actually think what you two did and coming together and collaborating and and trying to to establish an understanding for your different backgrounds, your experiences, uh, your age. I feel like you're onto something too with just you know cutting down some of the things that are happening right now, like ageism. So it's like imagine if every marketer had to go through something like this so like even if you're coming into a new organization so like with the intern or like the the out of college employee Mm -hmm. needs to be partnered up 
with someone that has more experience yeah or that is older or comes from a different industry um etc I, I just think that really that's where you can unlock some of the magic and, and the two people or the group need to go into it with that willingness mm -hmm. that you and Val had yes. too, to and that curiosity and that's something that I always want to do because I think about myself. So I'm millennial Andy at one time, millennial Andy was like young Andy in the marketing room. And then millennial Andy became like a little bit older than like Gen Z, you know, newer marketer. But I, I remember millennial Andy is you're allowed to do marketing to a certain extent. So like I'm trusted enough to put some social media posts together, but I'm not trusted enough to run a paid ad. You know, that's fair. Like, I understand that. Like, if you're in a marketing room and it, you can get kind of ageism a little bit, you're allowed to do certain things and not allowed to do the others. My kind of throwback on that was let's learn. Like, if you don't trust me to do this, like, what if in like a year's time, I start to learn, you start to give me a campaign here or there, like maybe you let me write for these ads here or there, or whatever that may be, start learning those skills and how to scale up and partner with the right people. It could be agency partners. It could be learning from you or I at a workshop at LinkedIn, but like, let's work to do that. Let's work to collaborate. Let's not just throw walls up and, and not let people in the door. So when I was in my role, I was social media supervisor working with Val you know, I would go to her all the time on certain opinions because she just came out of this course in college where they learned about paid social media and their college courses were actually like running a digital marketing agency. So she came out, Facebook blueprint certified, like all the bells and whistles, like she knows paid really well right out of school. And I was like, why wouldn't I, you know, want to work with her? So I think those are just, that's, you know, one example, but yeah, I mean, in, in marketing rooms, I think ageism definitely exists. Like the director of marketing will almost never talk to a marketing associate because the marketing associate is allowed to only talk to the marketing manager who then talks to the marketing director, who then talks to the VP, then, then who then talks to the CMO and nobody's on the same page. So I think it's really important that you're at least having conversations so I learn where your pages are at so you can make the correct book that's not disjointed. Mm -hmm. And th this brings up a great point because it, it can go either way. So it's like Val le learning, having that curiosity and that excitement to learn from you because you had more experience than her. Excellent. She knows she's going to grow and she is going to continue to evolve with you, same same thing. Have you ever heard that, you know, if we're, when we're talking about experience, so say that I say I have 25 years of experience. Well, that could mean I have one year of experience of doing something and I've done it 25 mm -hmm. different times. Yeah. So like you going into it and having that curiosity and, and, you know, and you were her supervisor and saying, wow, I want to learn from her. She has a different set of skills. She's learned different things. She, she comes from a different place. Let me, let me lean into that. And that, that really is how you two 
ended up being so successful in this incredibly unique, uh, intense situation that you were thrown into. And, and you also got to think of the trade-off here. So like, we'll do a real life scenario. You work at a company, a new CMO comes in, they come with all the accolades, they've won marketing awards, they speak at conferences, like they don't need anything else to say they belong with this role. But if you look into their experience, they have 23 years of TV marketing experience and four years of digital. So like if, even though they have all this experience, there's still a lot for them probably to learn the digital sphere that they can't do day to day because they have so much management tasks. You talk about ROI, you know, money handling, that becomes a huge priority in that role. So it becomes vital, in my opinion, for them to be able to learn from their digital teams or have a manager that's like a digital marketing manager that manages a digital team that they trust in, that they can kind of cross-reference and go back and forth, while vice versa, a CMO might be able to teach some leadership skills to their entire marketing team that could be extremely impactful, you know, because they're going to have that experience of 20 plus years leading that somebody may not have. So there, there has to be that trade-off and it has to be known where the trade-off is. It can't just be this makeshift thing. It's got to be like, hey, I trust you. I want to learn. What are you trying to get out of your career? Oh, you want to be a VP or CMO one day. Let me work with you on what some of these tactics and leadership skills could be, you know, or task one of my managers be like, hey, I think that they could learn and, and be this. I think of this too. So like an agency partner, like when I'm in an agency, of course, we want clients, but there's been so many times I've thought about, I'm teaching their staff how to do things. And that's cool. Cause I really enjoy this, but I'm thinking if they just, their people are bright, like if they just taught them how to do it or empowered them to learn things and then teach the managers how to do things, I'm like, they don't even need an agency. Like they could save a million dollars a year by not having an agency. <laughs> they got talent there. So that's where I think just looking within having those conversations are so important, but it really definitely starts at the top. And then the last statement I'll say on this is we had a, a conversation uh, recently with our broader team. And one of those concepts was scale, scaling skills. So like broad, like skills that somebody has and how do they scale them over the course of time, not one month, not two months, not even maybe a year, but what are you doing to show consistency and scale? Those conversations happen when everybody again removes the hat, you're working on something together, a project together, but you know what types of skills those who are under you maybe are working on and how are you developing them? Mm-hmm. So like we said, you remove the titles, you all come in, it's uh, removing the titles, it's about the mindset as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to go in with that curiosity, you have to have that excitement to want to learn about the differences and learn about the other person on a, a deeper emotional level. And mm -hmm. also Val mentioned too, uh, this whole uh, idea around the ideation and how she really enjoyed that aspect of it. So going in and thinking more about uh, quantity versus quality mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and having that mindset that, you know, Every idea is a good idea. Mm -hmm.
and you, you know, that's, if, if there's a, a silver bullet or a formula, this could, this could be it. But, but then once you do that internally and you focus up on those mindsets, on those practices, then you can take that to the customer. So if you're going to yeah. have that excitement about learning and embracing those, uh, th those different skills, experiences, then you bring that to the customer and you're, you're not going to lose. And, you know, that's where I think you build this marketing unit. So if you have, let's say, a 12-person marketing team, is it realistic that you're going to have a 12-person marketing team be 100% the same people next year? Probably not. Like, it's not a realistic thought. So, like, I feel like we talk about change and different things happening, but I think about Marketing Island. Like, let's, let's expedite this quite a bit. You have your 12-person team. But the CMO just got voted out because the public doesn't like their strategy. So now the other 11 people, were they equipped from the last, um, you know, the, the last tenured professor, were they equipped with the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence? Val and I talked a lot about confidence today. Were they given the confidence now to where they can take on a few extra hats make it work and then be able to scale their expertise as well. So for when the next person comes in, they're like, okay, like we don't have to come in and like overhaul everything. And I think that that's important is that you have that ability, no matter what changes occur, that you can keep learning and adapting mm -hmm. and open to it. Yes. And, and one thing that I have to bring up as well, because it is timely and it's on uh, th this point is some of you may have seen like LinkedIn launched a new campaign this week. I, I've seen it all over the platform. I've, I've laughed at the campaign all over the platform, but it's really around parents not understanding social media or what we are doing in the B2B space, what social advertising is all about. And it just made me think like, yeah, we're, we're laughing at it. It's, it's, it, I'm glad that we're bringing their perspective to light, but it makes me also think like, what can, let's go a little deeper. It's not just a laugh, but it's like, what can we learn from this? Yeah. Like, what can we learn from the fact that, you know, an older generation doesn't understand what we are doing so mm -hmm. maybe things are a little too complicated maybe yep. if we simplified but i just like taking a step further i mean it's it's, it's a funny joke right now mm -hmm. but then going a little deeper and like what's the learning from oh yeah th this group i mean it's on us too i can't tell you like when i started converting over verticals i was you know kind of like scared to even say anything but I was like writing acronyms down and googling them like I, I'm not gonna lie like if I'm consulting you on b2b cover your ears but the first time that I had to handle b2b and I heard the word sql I was like what the heck are they talking about like is that like a the coding language like <laughs> like what are they talking about and I'm like over here to oh it's just a qualified lead but that's like stuff like that like if we can't slow down to converse and talk about what all this means, like it's going to make it, it just makes it really hard. So I think there's just that aspect of having to be able to slow down, have natural conversations and, and just learn from what other people's skills are. So 
You know, I think about that in the B2B marketplace a lot. You know, experienced B2B CMO has seen everything, you know, new kind of marketing associate, but they're a great content creator. They've hit TikTok out of the park. They know short form video. They can put themselves in front of the camera. Like these are skills that when combined and they learn from each other, they become electric in the marketplace. But we can go on forever on this, Jess. I know we're kind of, we're closing in on time. So thankful for you too, to, for again, getting close to a year of this podcast. It's uh, been really exciting. And, you know, with holiday time rolling around, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope our listeners have a happy Thanksgiving and, you know, we'll keep the, uh, the train moving once we get through the holiday. Yes, I'm excited to keep our thankful series yes. going. We will have more guests and more stories to share. Most definitely. Till next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.